0: coming up on a special episode of Harvard Chan This Week in Health, using music to combat HIV in Zambia.
1: And what we want to do is we want to inspire youth and say, like, wake up. HIV is still here. Wake up. There's stigma. Wake up. And so I think that was sort of where the idea of Ukanamanji came from.
0: In this week's episode, how a Harvard Chan alum is partnering with musicians to raise awareness about HIV prevention. Hello, and welcome to Harvard Chan. This Week in Health. I'm Noah Levitt. Each year in Zambia, 60,000 people are infected with HIV and more than 20,000 die of AIDS. In all, it's estimated that more than 1.2 million people in the country are living with HIV. And while research shows that over 90% of Zambians have heard of HIV, less than 40% have a thorough knowledge of the virus or how to protect themselves. Worth
1: more than man. Worth more than material
0: A new collaborative project is aiming to fill that knowledge gap by harnessing the influence of some of Zambia's most popular musicians. The goal is to produce songs and music videos that can reach youth across Zambia with important messages about HIV prevention. That song you just heard is called Worth More, and since its release in February 2018, the video for the song has been viewed more than 50,000 times and has been played extensively on the radio in Zambia. And that single song is just the first step in a larger musical campaign. In this week's episode, we're speaking to three of the people who are making this possible. Katie Weinberg recently graduated with an MPH from the Harvard Chan School and works in the global health program at Boston Children's Hospital. She's partnered on the project with her colleague, David Bickham, a research scientist at the hospital's Center on Media and Child Health. And we're also lucky to be joined by one of the musicians collaborating with Katie and David, Ephraim, son of Africa who is an immensely popular singer in Zambia.
1: Well, I just want to tell you how big Ephraim is. That's Katie Weinberg. A British lady and myself were driving around, and we got pulled over for breaking the law somehow of traffic issue, and we were told the car would be impounded, we might be in jailed for life, and we didn't know what to do, so we called Ephraim, and there, the lady spoke to him on the phone, and she was like, I don't care who we're talking to, blah 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 I said, Ephraim, I don't know what to do. And then Ephraim showed up 20 minutes later, signed a CD, and then we were gone what.
0: So Ephraim is popular, as you just heard, and he's managed to corral a group of Zambia's other most well-known singers for this project. While the project only started a couple of years ago, the friendship between Ephraim and Katie dates back to 2006, when she was a Peace Corps volunteer in Zambia.
1: I was going for a walk with a uh, Peace Corps volunteer friend of mine, and we were looking for a Fanta, so we had walked probably about... Ten miles looking for a Fanta, and <laughs> stumbled across Ephraim, who was making a music video and my right. my yeah my friend and my friend, who is an a- an Asian American Peace Corps volunteer, and I, who am a white woman, walked by Ephraim, who was singing a song called We are all Children of God, and we really yeah. upped the diversity <laughs> level quite a bit, so he stopped the video production and stuck us in the video and yeah, that's, that's and how it all
2: began you know, um, so I, I looked at them i said. Uh, perfect you know <laughs> you're doing a video and you're trying to speak uh, send out a message and uh, you know boom god just brings these <laughs> people together you know from going. asia and uh, you know so it was it was pretty interesting and you know just the humility and you know how they adjusted you know the you know from from from, from living in america and then you know coming as missionaries so and how they just loved us and you know for me that, i think that's what drew me closer to them
0: after that initial meeting, Katie and Ephraim kept in touch for a couple of years while she did HIV prevention work.
1: Two years into my program, I called Ephraim up and I said, would you possibly consider coming up to Mpika Zambia, which is about, what, seven hours north yeah, of the capital right. city, and and doing a song to promote HIV awareness? Or um, At that time, what we wanted him to do was sing his own songs, which were quite popular, to draw a crowd, and then we would talk to them about getting tested, and we opened up a community center up there. So... We stuck Ephraim on the on a bus, and we got him up there because I again was a Peace Corps volunteer with limited funds. So he That's came right. out, and that was like in 2008, and he was talking about yeah, HIV. Yeah, I ben think and I, I
2: think it was payback time because they featured in my video, so I, yeah, I had so to we, yeah, I had to sacrifice and day. just go and uh, you know uh, do the right cause, you know, yeah. because they were doing something that you know is so dear to my heart. I've I've lost uncles, I've lost you know cousins, I've lost friends who you know, uh, who are HIV positive. And the moment she said that, you know, I said, you know what, with the influence that God has given me, I, I needed to just positively, you know, touch lives somewhere.
0: At the time, prevention messaging was everywhere. But over the years, Katie has seen a shift in how people think and talk about HIV
1: and then i've gone back to zambia to see my family there every year since then and one of the things we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of emphasis on testing and treatment which is great and for example mother-to-child transmission has gone way way down but one of the things that they're neglecting to do is prevention and uh, so what you have is you have young people who are now having multiple partners um, and this is all coming at the same time that cell phones are coming in. And so people are all of a sudden having access to Internet and seeing Rihanna videos and their cultural um, like standards yeah. and, and beliefs have sort of shifted. And now people who used to their thighs used to be private parts are now wearing shorts or yeah. short dresses or things like that. Yeah.
0: It was also during these visits that Katie began to see the effects of climate change on Zambia's agriculture and economy, leading to a rise in so-called transactional sex where women have sex in exchange for certain items.
1: People can't pl- plant their crops in the same way that they were doing before, mm. so you don't have pocket cash. So one of the things that we saw w- and that I saw in the village was young girls who wanted to buy talk time for their phones or and also saw more promiscuous behavior on, on these videos or whatever it was. And so what they were doing was they were having transactional sex, which they see as different than um, prostitution, but essentially they were having sex for... Uh, hair extensions or talk time or things like that.
0: Katie said that public awareness of HIV and AIDS had shifted. People were aware of the virus, but not necessarily the risks. She says that's because people in Zambia are not dying of AIDS as often.
1: What I mean by that is you don't see people wasting away really very sick skin and bones dying of of AIDS. What they die of is an opportunistic infection, but it's not this dramatic sort of wasting away in front of you, which is great on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's an out of sight, out of mind scenario. And a lot of people don't realize how much of an impact HIV can have on you because they don't see the impact every day. So that's one of the issues. And then I think another one of the issues is that the world health organization has listed the 90 90 90 goals to be the way forward in hiv so uh, i think it's by 2020 that 90% of the populations would be hiv who who would be tested for hiv 90% of those people would be on ARVs, and then 90% of those people would be in virus submission. So they put a lot of time and money into that, and it's very easy to count how many people you're putting on ARVs, right? You can get a number for that. You can't get a number for how many people you're preventing from getting HIV. And so nobody is putting money into it because you're not performing up to standard.
0: The danger is that HIV could balloon out of control in Zambia. And Katie says there are already discouraging signs.
1: When I went back to the village where I was a Peace Corps volunteer, it was surprising, shocking. I don't know. I would even use the word devastating to see young people who I've lived and worked with for the past 15 years who are now HIV positive. Mm-hmm. So if they're in my village and I'm an HIV educator and that's what's happening now, mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it's going like in places where people aren't even yeah. getting the message. Right. It's, it's real. Mm-hmm. HIV is real in mm-hmm. Zambia.
0: Katie realized that it was time, in a sense, for a return to -to back-to-basics messaging about prevention. So in 2017, with a grant funded by the band Aerosmith, she and colleagues at Boston Children's Hospital started developing a plan to combat this transactional sex by promoting prevention. This would eventually become the song Worth More.
2: You're bigger than Brazilian hair. You're bigger than a Gucci bag. No matter what they tell you, no matter what they pay you, it's never worth a sacrifice. And there's no currency that can
1: compare to the value of your life. Don't let them buy- so I called Ephraim up and I said, you know, this is this is a pattern that's continuing. And HIV is the prevention message needs to get out there again. And it needs to get out there in a big way. I said, if I was able to find a, a, a small amount of funding, would you be willing to do a song? Um, that focused on HIV prevention. And then one of the other things that we did at the same time was we went to the Center for Media and Child Health and we said, not only do we want to do a song, but we want to put in public health communication uh, techniques to make sure that the song is something that youth can pick up on and understand.
3: Communicating through media um, health messages is something that we've done for a while at the Center for Media and Child Health. That's David Bickham. The concepts are really about... um, one, doing some work to understand in your audience what the key issues are. And so Katie did focus groups among among young people and, and they supported and reinforced this idea of transactional sex. And so that's where um, the song Worth More that Ephraim did came from.
0: Bickham says the key to developing a message that people will engage with and respond to is moving beyond simple scare tactics. He says that instilling fear will leave people frozen. What's needed is a call to action with a positive message. And that was the idea behind Worth More, to teach young people that they are worth more than material things and that they can take action, whether it's something as simple as using a condom or starting an HIV peer support group.
3: And the, the idea is if we can shift beliefs about this, like if we can make it normal to um, you know, not have this transactional sex or make it normal to get tested for HIV, um then that helps people really, their belief system starts to, to agree with that, you know, line up with those cultural mm-hmm. beliefs. And there's this, you know, pretty tight connection between beliefs and behaviors. You know, what, what our beliefs are lead to our intended behaviors. What our intended behaviors lead to our actual behaviors. So as long as there's no obstacles there um, and, the, and the, they, they have both the ability and the means to follow through, then you can have really impactful um, public health messaging through that.
0: For his part, Ephraim recruited other popular Zambian musicians and he says the approach was similar to writing any other song. Find a way to write something with mass appeal.
2: The same influence that we use to attract masses, we can use it to actually write good songs. And we wrote that one song and just the next thing it became a big song. Actually, we were surprised because it was not just in our country where this, this song became big. You know, I started getting calls from different countries about the same song, like, oh, we, we love what you're doing and we want to be a part of, you know, that, uh, you know that, uh, that big message that you are sending out. Because that is exactly what is happening even in different countries.
0: The next step in this musical campaign is a song called Ukane which literally means wake up. To prepare, Katie and David hosted a workshop with Ephraim, and this time he recruited nine other popular musicians to join him.
1: So maybe for this first song, if you boil it down, like in Worthmore, we had one message, which is that you're worth more than material things. So in the song, the message is wake up, like HIV is the thing, and then you talk about it, about like threats and the, thing, the, the fact that you think it's not a threat.
0: The public health experts work with musicians to teach them about proven public health communication techniques to work into their songs.
2: You know they came in and you know to help us because sometimes you, you can do a song but then you you, you misguide you know you want mm-hmm. to make sure you get the right information mm-hmm. and package it in a way that like dr. Beckham was saying package it in, in a way that is not scaring people but you know you know in a nice way that people can dance to it and say you know what this is actually making sense I need to do this I need to uh, act upon it so and that's how come we did the workshop uh, came together did a, a night put cha- uh, uh, Jumped uh, with all the musicians and they b- brought in ideas and it was great. I mean, working with the team these are big artists that uh, you know, influencing masses out there. So they, we, they, we came together and that's how come the song came about and uh, now uh, it's become a big thing.
0: The goal, says Katie, was to turn the singers into super peers who can communicate about HIV.
1: We're not doing a workshop to create an HIV mm. song. We're mm. creating a workshop to enable these artists to be super peers so yeah. do you what do you need in order to do that do you need to have a- access to information about public health communication do you need to have access to numbers do you need to have access to the access to how hiv is spread what what do you need and how can we as public health people connect you to those things so that you the zambian artists can be the peer influencer to influence the people in their community
0: the concept of super peers is not that different from the influencer marketing that is so common now in social media, says David.
3: I think the idea that these artists are the experts in this area is what we were, one of the things that, that Katie's been working on a lot, is that we don't know how to do this. These these are the, the people who know how to talk to their audience, and they're the ones who really have the skills and the talent to do that. And and if we're lucky if we can... Give them a little bit of information about maybe how to make their message a little more targeted or a little bit more impactful because they're the ones that are going to have the that are going to reach the people's heart, you know, that are really going to have the emotional impact by who they are and and how talented they are.
0: And Katie says this was an important lesson
1: for her to learn. I had come in with. 10 years of experience in the culture of like semi-fluency Ephraim will call me out if I say fluency in the language and then but i had come in here and I thought that I would be able to communicate this idea and get people excited and then I had one of the artists not Ephraim turn around to me and say I don't need PhDs from Harvard to tell me how to connect to my audience and I was like it was a very profound moment for me because that's not what I was trying to imply Mm. but this idea of getting, getting across I'm not here to tell you how to connect to your audience yeah yeah. I'm here to tell you there's a problem. Mm. You can do something about the problem. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just in the background. And the project also
0: represents a key to public health communication, understanding the culture you're trying to reach. Katie and David say there's a very specific reason why the overarching theme is wake up.
1: There's a Zambian expression that's you're sleeping on duty. So, if you're going down a pothole road, you might say, you know, to the, you know, why is that road have so many potholes in it? Why is no one paying attention? And, and then the answer might be the the government is sleeping on duty or that person is sleeping on duty as then you're not paying attention. And I think what we realized and through this workshop and thinking about what messages we could give to people, because again, as Dr. Bickham said, you want to have a, a call to action or a message. And what we want to do is we want to inspire youth and say, like, wake up. HIV is still here. Wake up there's stigma wake up uh, use a condom wake up be abstinence be faithful whatever it is um, and so I think that was sort of where the idea of Ukanamanji came from what we'd like to do is we'd like to blanket the radio with these songs and so we don't want artists to think sing about things that don't fit their brand mm-hmm. so maybe we have the gospel artist singing about being faithful we have a rapper singing about you know one partner, you yeah. know, condoms, condoms or something like yeah. that, um, but what we want to do is we want people to be able we want the blanket statement of wake up and then have individual songs that fit the brand so hopefully these won't be songs about HIV, these will be songs that have the message of HIV in yeah. it, but that people want to listen to.
3: That That's where the, the pre-work came, from, came, came to play, is that you were able to pick something very specific to intervene on, mm-hmm. and that's really different from what you know if you're just like oh I want to write a good song and mm-hmm. it's just gonna be you know HIV is bad watch out you know like that there doesn't there's nothing you can do on that and so when you pick something very specific okay. that helps the that helps the message have an impact because you are mm-hmm. like this is exactly what it's about and mm-hmm. I can understand this this small piece of it yeah. and so this idea of now there's you know a hashtag Overarching hashtag on um, that's about this this topic, but then each individual message is going to be narrow and precise on a specific kind of behavior or for a specific audience, or you know something like that where we can have a, the the artists can have a more direct, um, precise impact. The
0: product of the workshop will ultimately be a ten song album, and the potential reach is vast. The pop stars who sing on the album have a combined social media following of a million youth across Zambia making the album not only a powerful but also cost-effective way to reach young people with an important message. And Katie says the, the experience of Worth More shows this can be effective.
1: One of the things that we did on our second grant through Children's Hospital was, um, and this was also my practicum project here at the School of Public Health, um, we went out and we did surveys of 100 youth who we, list, we had listened to the song, And these youth, 100% 100 of these youth in rural peri-urban and urban areas understood the messaging that we were getting out to them. So what they do with that, that's sort of beyond our scope right now of, of measurement. But the fact that these people don't all even speak English, but they still were able to say um, HIV is a problem. I think we have one, one, one person who said, like, I understand that these luxuries and expensive stuff are nothing compared to someone's life. Yeah. Girls need to keep their bodies safe. HIV is real. So that was the message that she walked away from from the first song, Worth More.
0: But this is not just a musical or pop culture campaign.
1: And one of the nice things is that we've paired with the Ministry of Health and so we have them and we have doctors who are working with us and UNDP and different people. So we have the medical people who can also have the information and the resources. So if we say, you know, go get tested, then we'll be able to say here, here, and here is where you can get tested. So the artists, as part of the peer influencer workshop, are not just singing a song, but creating an entryway for people to get connected to more information. And then that information is backed by doctors, medical professionals, etc. The
0: partnership between Katie, Ephraim, David, and others has obviously been instrumental in making this program a success. But another key is that Ephraim and the other musicians are so personally invested in the project. Ephraim, like so many in Zambia, has been personally affected by HIV and AIDS. And he ended our interview by singing a song written for a friend who died from AIDS.
2: I, I did a song for my friend who, uh, who died um, many years ago. And uh, the, he is a guy who had a dream. He, you know, um, he believed in himself and always told me, you know what, we're going to make it. Uh, I remember that time we just started. But guess what? He died and we were, we were deprived of this great guy who had this big vision. So I did a song just last year, and it says, um, They say the time will heal, but I'm still hurting. So many years have gone, but it feels like yesterday. I remember how we used to pray and believe God for a breakthrough. Those precious moments spent together. We keep losing special lives, you know. So, but it's, it's it's about time, you know, like 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 we're saying, we can It's about time we just wake up and protect people that we love. How I wish you were here to hold me when I cry.
1: How I wish you were not so far away. I think when we work in public health and we're here in America and we're thinking about lives in Africa, it's hard to remember that that person who passed away is someone's mother is someone's wife is someone's daughter whatever it is and each person who is left it's people grieve very deeply in other parts of the world and we sort of think that that doesn't happen and it can be devastating to people who are left behind and we need to keep that in mind that even though when we think about things on a population level these are people and these are deeply loved people These tears will never dry. I have memories
2: of you. You touched my life in ways no one else could.
0: Thank you to Katie Weinberg, Ephraim, Son of Africa, and David Beckham for taking the time to speak with us. If you want to learn more about this project and hear more of the songs written in Zambia... We'll have much more information on our website, hsph.me multimedia. And before we go, a personal note. I am leaving the Harvard Chan School, so this will be my last episode hosting this podcast. We started this three years ago, not quite sure where it would go, and we've now produced almost 150 episodes. So I just want to thank you all for listening, and I hope you were able to learn something along the way over these past three years. The podcast will likely go on a short hiatus, but it should return soon. And I hope you'll keep listening.
1: Hey, why should one die with the silence when we can speak out for the voices?